Welcome to Preach to Teach. I'm your host, Pastor Cliff Miller Sr. This part of the show is called Basic Training. Some might call it Bible study, but we call it Basic Training because we start with the basics. A little bit at a time, not trying to overwhelm you or impress you with fancy words and sayings. If you're looking for a performance, this ain't that show. If you're looking for somebody to manipulate the word to make you feel good and make us sound impressive, this ain't that show. Dr. Lehman Newtall, Senior Pastor of Thy Word Worship Center, located in Plymouth, Minnesota, breaks the word down in a way that everybody can understand, showing you the Greek and Hebrew translations that you may not know the meaning to, making sure that you have all the tools as a Christian to handle the ways of the world. So without any further ado, let's jump right into this session of basic training with Dr. Lehman Newtall. Lord, I thank you once again for your grace and your mercy. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me any negative thoughts, any negative feelings that the enemy try to place in my head. Thank you for another day, Lord. You know, somebody didn't make it today and they thought they would. So now bless this teaching, Lord. Bless this class tonight. Bless those that are listening. Bless those that will be listening in the future. Lord, I thank you in advance for all you've done in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. That's what I love about Bible study. We're talking about how to uh, get into get it to know my Bible. This, this is what this is about. This ain't about preaching. This ain't about getting anybody excited. This is about you getting to know your Bible like I had to get to know my Bible because I, I, needed, I needed to know the Word of God. I didn't know. I was a Christian and still didn't know. Follow of God, follow of Christ. I still didn't know. And so that's what that's what Bible study is important. It's a lot of churches that's now, especially since the pandemic, COVID-19, a lot of them don't even do Bible studies, not even Zoom. They just have a Sunday service so they can, I don't know, get in and preach to people and then they let them out and they don't come back to the next week. But you need Bible study. You know, Bible study is way different from Sunday service. No, it's way different. You don't learn much on Sunday service. You you get to see people and shake hands and hollering, run around and dance and, and uh, listen to the word. Hopefully the word of man of God give you a word. But if he's not a teaching pastor and you don't get it on Sunday, it's, it's going to be extra difficult for a new convert to get it. It's about getting it and understanding it. And so the Bible says, let's go to Proverbs real quick. I just, this wasn't on my list, but the Holy Spirit just put, put it in my spirit. Very familiar passage of scripture for a lot of people. But I want the, I want the new converts to really get this. When I say new converts, I'm talking about those that gave their life to Christ in the last year. That's a new convert. In fact, I was. It took me long. I was long. I was a long time of do convert. It was more than one year because I wasn't getting what I was, what I needed 
but God did. He gave it to me. Ch chapter four, Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. The wisdom book. And it says, one verse, it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get an understanding. So King Solomon just said, it's good to get wisdom, but if you don't understand the wisdom, I mean, you could talk to an older person that's been around a long time, you got a lot of experience and wisdom, and he might impart that on you and tell you in your ear and talk to you and talk tell you about it. But if you don't get the, if it don't make sense to you, it may make sense to him because he's been through it and you learned it, but it may not make sense to you. That's why the Bible will ask us to get understanding. Ask God to give you understanding. And that's what I ask him when it comes to the word, the word of God, especially to the, to the word of God, because a lot of people got a lot of theories and, and the, it, they have their, what they, their translation, what they say it is and their opinion of what the translation says. And, but pray about it. And let God give you understanding. All right. Now, get it to know my Bible. We looked at the heart. We were talking about the heart yesterday. How God looks at the heart. And which people can't see your heart, but, but God does. And so you, you can't judge people by what they say. Don't get caught up with what they're saying, what they look like, what they're offering you, because you don't know what they're thinking because it's in the heart and you can't see that. And a lot of times people don't tell you their heart. They have ulterior motives a lot. Now, when I was, when I, I used to drive a, a, for a company, a major uniform company. Now I'm going somewhere, y'all. Just stay with me. Major in, in in Minnesota. And I was making good money. Started off. Because they started off on salary. They was we had a base salary. If you work three hours, you still get the same amount of money. If you work eight hours, same amount of money. If you work 12 hours in that day, you get the same amount of money. So it started off good because I was working three and a half hours, four hours, because I didn't have too many uniforms to, to drop off and and to go out and try to sell, I was a sales rep. And so, but after a few months, they started taking over businesses. They started taking over a lot of other co companies that, that was doing uniforms. They started taking their businesses and the company was, they was selling out. They were like, no, nah, we like, we, we want to do, even though they were charging more money, they still changed businesses. And so we started doing more work. Start doing more work, and I was doing a long hours and getting the same pay. And, and one day, my wife came me an idea because she was she talked about mental trans. She said they're hiring. I said yeah. And she, she said we're gonna go by there one day and fill out an application. I said yeah, because I'm getting I'm getting beat, I'm getting wore out. And I used to drive up in my truck about the same side of the bus. And I used to look at that bus driver. I said, man, all he's doing is dropping people off and picking people up, and opening the door, closing the door. 
and here I am looking at all these clothes and uniforms and and uh, go, going through all this cold weather, getting out, you know, getting out the truck. But when I, long story short, when I became, I filled out the application, I became a bus driver. But I was shocked to realize and find out that all the stuff that I had to learn, they had all these, had two big, thick manuals that we had to know and learn. And we had to go through 90 days of training and we had to memorize all this stuff. And I said, don't make sense. All you're doing is let people on the bus and, and collect them fares. He said, it was way deep. Now, whenever you see a bus driver, Metro Transit bus driver in, in the Twin Cities, pray for them. Because it looks way easier than it is. I had a person in my classroom years ago was an evangelist and this person you don't know who I'm talking about they may hear this message in the future but they were in the classroom even though they were ordained as as a minister we still had classroom we had training for them and and this this individual wouldn't in fact that they, they was they hated for me to ask questions this person hated it. And every time I asked them a question, they start shaking their leg and getting upset. Like, why are you picking on me? Why are you asking me? I said, well, no, that's that's how I know how how you how you learn. And so long story short, that person quit. And it and they gave a scripture, and I'm gonna take you to that scripture that they used and they took out of context to prove their point. Go to Acts chapter four, verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. One verse. King James translation says this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, remember that word perceived, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, I'm gonna give you a couple of more different translations. And I looked at a lot of different translations. The NIV says like this. It says that they they realized, they didn't, they didn't use the word perceived. They realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. The new the new living translation says this. Says that they were they they could see that they were ordinary man with no special training and the new king james says it like this they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained now this person used this scripture to prove that you don't need to go to school you don't need to go theological training and you don't need no theology to, to 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 be a, to be a minister because the disciples that was scripture they was they was uneducated they were untrained and the Bible says they were ignorant and now we teach our people that when you read the Bible if you take the text out of context you can make it a pretext now that verse 14 
verse 13, it's, it's called a text. Okay. Now, you got to read the whole chapter. That's called a context. But if you take the text out of the context, you can make it a pretext. And if you're a minister that's been to school, you know that a pretext is something that's hidden. It's something that's disguised. It's something that's concealed. In other words, if you take it out of context, you can make it say anything. You can conceal the real meaning. But if you keep it in context, you'll get the true meaning. So now, although the Bible does say that they were, they perceive that or perception is not always real, but it's real to those who perceive it. Now, my question is this. Who perceived it? Who perceived that they were unlearned and untrained and ignorant? Well, it was the Sadducees. It was the Sanhedrin. It was the teachers of the law. They said that these men were un unschooled and unlearned because they didn't go to the school that they were trained. They knew that they didn't go to school because they'd never seen them in school. So they perceived that, but they said they could not deny the fact that they'd been with Jesus. And so let's look at scripture. Look at John chapter 5, verse 39. Let's see what the Bible says about that. John chapter 5, verse 39. King James said, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Now, here we go with the Sadducees again. They thought that they knew God because they had some scriptures that's talking about God. But Jesus told them, no, the scriptures is talking about me. And they were talking about killing them. These were supposed to be educated, school trained men. So you got to watch what school you go to. Because Jesus had to put them in check. Let's look at another a scripture but Jesus put him in check look at uh, Matthew chapter 22 Matthew chapter 22 it's finna, it's finna come together y'all Matthew 22 talks about it's the Sadducees Matthew chapter 22 verse 29 let's look at that now Jesus answered and said to them you do Error. That's, this is the King James said, you do error, not, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. Another translation said, you are wrong and you don't even know the scriptures or you don't even know the power of God. Now, I'm not going to read this whole chapter, but I'm going to summarize this for you. Jesus had got, just got through shutting down the Pharisees, the, the teachers of the law. They came to Jesus asking Jesus about taxes and asking him, uh, is it right to, to pay taxes to Caesar? You can read this later. And Jesus said, well, show me a coin. They showed him a coin. He said, Jesus said, whose picture is on that coin? He said, Caesar's. He said, well, give Caesar's what belongs to Caesar's and give God what belongs to God. And you all know 
when you give when you get a check before you get your check uncle sam which is caesar now get his first and if you're a, a, a follower of christ as soon as you get your check god gets his first that's called a tithe 10 percent. so jesus said you get give caesar give, give uncle sam his but you give god what, what belongs to him and so he shut them down but then some sadducees came along now these were some other religious religious people they thought they knew god they came to jesus after he shut them down they, they asked jesus a question they said jesus we it's a woman that's been married for five times had five husbands and so now when she died and go to heaven whose wife is will she be and and that's what jesus told him you you're wrong because they said <laughs> see they didn't believe in the resurrection this has happened to be a resurrection sunday is coming up that these sadducees they didn't believe in the resurrection they only believed in the five first five books of the bible and so they said, well, we don't, for there's no resurrection, who, whose wife is she going to be? And Jesus said, you don't even know scriptures. First of all, okay, it, the scripture probably didn't talk about the resurrection in the first five books of Moses, but they did talk about Jesus. And Jesus said, well, when, you, when we die, you're going to be like the angels. Not given in marriage or not marrying. Not won't be an angel. Like some people take that out of scripture, say, Well, Jesus said we're gonna be angels, don't we? He said you're gonna be like the angels. How is that? How are we gonna be like the angels? Well, angels will live forever. Spirit beings. Your spirit being. And when you die and go to heaven, you're gonna live forever. And this is the only reason why there's marriage on earth now is to procreate, is to make more human beings. That's why when somebody dies, they have offspring. So population will never die because they're always offsprings as long as it's a man and a woman. Now that's another story. So Jesus said, we're going to be like the angels. You don't know scripture. In other words, the scriptures is talking about me and you think you know the Bible. That's why you, you you need to be trained. You need to go to school. There's some people that will teach you, but Jesus had to be black because uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. I'm talking about taking stuff out of context. I believe this for a long time until I learned my Bible. There's a certain group out there that'll say, Jesus had to be black, and this is proof. Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. Dean James says it like this. His head is talking about Jesus. His head and his hair was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flame to fire. Did he say his hair was wool? No, he said it was white, like wool. Wool is white, snow. 
And so to take this out of context, you can make it sound like, well, Jesus had to have woolly hair. No, he had white hair. And so the Bible don't say we're going to be, let's go back to Matthew 22. It doesn't say we're going to be angels. It said we're going to be like the angels. So, so don't let nobody keep, take this stuff out of, take this word out of context. And so here we go. See, that's why God looks at the heart. That's why I'm excited. That's why I love to see people succeed. And people think they, they, they relate money with success and, and fame with success. But a parent that sees the child succeed in the Lord, that grow in God, that's true success. That's true success. And I'm going somewhere, y'all. I got a couple more scriptures, but and I'm gonna give you the scripture to prove what I just said. First Timothy chapter six. Look at one first. Timothy's in the back. Let's get to know our Bible. Let's get to know our Bible. First Timothy chapter six, verse 17. That's why you gotta write notes, you gotta write scriptures down. I remember I got a lot of memorized, but sometimes that image, that devil, that enemy would try to make you forget the scripture, even though you read it, but you can't remember where it's at. So I always write stuff down. But sometimes somebody move my notes. Read it. Charge them. First Timothy says. Chapter six, verse 17 charge them that means co command command them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living god who giveth us richly all things to enjoy did you hear what he just said this is paul teaching timothy who is going to be a, he's a pastor now but he was he, he didn't train them he didn't he was He'd been his mentor and he was his protege and he he put him in this office and he was still giving him instructions giving him trainings he said now tell them timothy the ones the ones that's gonna roll up in the church and they're gonna think just because they got money that they they're gonna be pleasing to god but he said tell them don't be prideful don't be high-minded and trust in the money that you gonna leave when you die but you better be trusted in the living god and then he turned around and said it in luke Luke chapter 12, verse 21. Talking about succeeding and success. Well, the parents want to see the child succeed in God. Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And we'll stop at 21. And he spoke a parable. Jesus said, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. For me, that he had a lot. It was growing. His fruit was flowing. He was overflowing and he verse 17 and he thought within himself saying what what should i do because i have no room where to bestow my fruit his bond was overflowing and he said verse 18 this is what i'll do i will pull down my bonds I mean i'm gonna tear my bond down and i'm gonna build a bigger bond and there i will restore my fruits and my goods verse 19 and I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, 
drink and be merry. Verse 20 is one of them scary verses, y'all. But God said to him, you fool. This night your soul shall be required of you. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? In other words, who going to have all your stuff when I take your soul tonight? So it is. Jesus said, this is for anybody. God has said, this is that anybody that laid up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So God is saying, listen, having money is not a sin. But putting it before God and thinking you don't need God because you got a lot of money, you're not rich. Because you ratchet, he said. You, you could have a lot of money and not be rich in God's eyes. He's got to be your number one source. He's got to be on your mind all the time. You got to be rich toward him. The things that he enjoy. The things that he loves. Amen. We talk about training. Yeah, you do have to go to you do have to be trained. You do have to go to school. You you do have to be equipped. And I'm gonna go with scripture gonna take you now is to one of the men that God picked because not the way he looked and not because of his age, but he picked him because of his heart. And we talking about leadership growing growing in God and, and because it looks a certain way. It looks easy, but this is something that you gotta learn, and you don't just learn it in one day. Let's go to first Samuel. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. This person told me that God, you don't have to be, you don't have to be trained, you don't have to be educated, because the disciples was now the disciples were not unlearned. They sat under Jesus for three and a half years. No, they heard the disciples, they heard Peter and John preaching a, 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 something that they weren't teaching it and learning in the little synagogues. Now Jesus had a new commandments. He had some profound doctrine for them and they they didn't ever hear it before so they didn't think the disciples knew what they was talking about but though they was right on point first first samuel chapter 13 verse 14 but now your kingdom shall not continue. He's talking to Saul, King Saul. He said, the Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over the people because thou has not kept that which the Lord had commanded. In other words, God told King Saul, he was the first king of Israel. So you was the man. Yeah. We picked you because everybody begged for a king. So they picked him until God put him in office. But God rejected him because he didn't keep his word. He didn't keep God's command. He didn't keep God's word. So God told him, I'm changing. I'm changing the God. I'm going to pick somebody who's a man after my own heart. 
And so what a lot of people don't know, and this was profound, and this is something that I never was taught, but I had to learn it, and I kept reading. And a lot of people don't know that David was anointed king three different times. Three. Now, the first time, let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 13. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Go, go to chapter 16. Get to know my Bible. 16, verse 13. Then Samuel. Samuel was the prophet of God, the last judge and the first prophet to anoint the second king of Israel. Then Samuel, the prophet Samuel, took the horn of oil and he anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went on to Ramah. So David was anointed to be king. Now the scripture says that he was the last of eight boys. He was the last of eight sons. And he was the youngest one. And he was the one in the back, taking care of the sheep. Minding the sheep, making sure animals didn't, lions and tigers and bears didn't, didn't kill them. He was fighting off. God told him, I'm going to pick somebody that's after my own heart. But remember now, David was a young boy. He was about, two, they would say he was about 14 or 15 years old. So even though he was anointed to be king, he was not ordained yet. Oh, somebody said, I don't understand. In other words, God picked him, but he said, but you're not really ready yet. Got a little bit more training for you to do. I got some giants I need you to fight. Mm -hmm. So the second time that he was anointed was 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4. And the men of Judah came and there they anointed David to be king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying that the men of Jebus, Gilead, were there that, that buried Saul. So the first anointing that David got was the anointing of appointing. He was appointed by God, by the prophet. So God himself appointed David. But the, the men of Judah had to accept David. So people say, well, I don't need man acceptance. I don't need man's approval. All I need is God's. No, not, not according to this. According to this, because you can't be, you can't be no leader if ain't nobody following you. There's no fellowship if ain't nobody following you. You're just one fellow on the ship by yourself. So God calls a lot of people. He 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 he, he, he anoints them. That, that means the Bible said when David was anointed, the, the spirit of the Lord came upon them. So that's what the anointed means, the, the presence of God in your life. So David had to get the approval of Judah, which was the southern kingdom but he also come on let's keep going 
He had he, those were the men that he was going to be leading. They had to approve for him because they watched him grow and they saw how he was he was being a man of God. He was leading and he was a warrior. They said, "We accept you." Now the third time, Second Samuel chapter five, verse three. Let's look at chapter five. Now, here come, verse three. So all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king of Israel. Now Israel was the northern king. Now Judah, they anointed king, David king first, but they, they was more likely to accept David because David was from the tribe of Judah. But Israel, it took them a long time to get acquainted and get to accept David over there. But they did. And so the Bible says that David was 30. Come on, y'all. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 4. Go down the verse. David was how old? 30 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned for 40 years. Now, when God anointed him, he was a teenager. But when the man finally accepted him, he was 30 years old. Why did it take so long? Because David had to go through a process. He had to go through training, intense training and, and, and temptation and and he had to learn some things and so therefore you just can't get into office without being trained you can't just show up and I, we've had somebody join our church was a member of my family and he had, he was still on drugs and God barely got him off drugs and he, he came in the door and he looked around and he saw the ushers and the deacons he said I want to I want to do that I want to be a deacon like when? Like next week when I come back? No, you're not. You ain't ready yet, bro. You think you're ready because it look easy. They did all they got on. They got on white gloves and they have people sit down and they greet people. No, it's a process you got to go to. And that's why I get proud and I get excited when I see members of our church that joined joined us back in 2006, or 2007, and now looked around. And, and God has anointed them. And then they didn't just stop being pastors just because they got anointed. They went to school. They went through the training. They went to the ministerial academy. They went through the pastor's training. Pastors, and they also went through the, the psychological training. And they didn't realize you, you needed to know all this to become a pastor until I started teaching them that they had no idea. Oh, yeah. It it, it may look easy. We, we make it look easy, but... God always would anoint you, but then he'll set you up to get some training and some instructions. And see, when this certain minister, and I'm not going to say the person's name, when they got upset back when we when God put them in the classroom, even though they had a title now, even though they was anointed, they still weren't trained. And that certain individual right now today, and this was almost 20 years ago, this certain individual is still going in circles. 
they still got e emotional problems. They still think people are out to get them. They still, they, you know, they, it, 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 it's hard for them to pronounce words and they still pronouncing them, and, but they still should with the, get educated where they can say the right words without having people laugh at them. I don't need no man. Yes, you do. The God will anoint you in the spirit, but in man will recognize it in time. So, so it's a process. You just can't show up and be this. Hallelujah. The, Jesus, it took Jesus 30 years. Now you notice, you notice the parallel between David wasn't allowed to be a king until he was 30. Well, that was the rules. Jesus didn't step into his kingship. He didn't start, they didn't anoint him as king until he was 30. So it took Jesus 30 years to get prepared. But we don't want to go to school. We don't want no man to tell us nothing. But Jesus, let's see what Paul said about Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Don't forget these scriptures, y'all. Let this mind be in you, mm -hmm. which is also in Christ Jesus, who, who being in the form of God, uh-oh, somebody said the Bible never said that, that Jesus was God. Uh-oh. Okay, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Come on, y'all. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even up to the death of the cross. So Jesus had to, come on, y'all. He had to humble himself. He went through some training. He went, he went through some some humbling and, 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 and servant, became a servant and, and full of humility. But it took him it took him 30 years. But it only took him three and a half years to complete his his role, his his assignment, his work. So understand, sometimes it may take longer, sometimes it, it won't take as long, but you will have to go through a process. It don't it don't happen overnight. You gotta, you, God gotta see that He can trust you, cause cause David, listen, his heart got him there. Cause God said, I'm looking for a man after my own heart. Then that's why I'm choosing David. He's, a, he's still a kid, but I know his heart is, is with me. And and when I read this scripture, let's this last script I want to give y'all. When I read this. And Psalm chapter 51, look at verse 10. Here's King David now. King. Been on the throne for a while now. Been serving God. Been leading the people. Greatest king that Israel ever had. David said this in Psalm 51, verse 10. Creating me a clean heart. Oh God. And Renew a right spirit within me. Now, David is asking God to create in him a clean heart. Somebody said, well, I thought God looked at his heart. God looked at his heart and picked him. Here we go. Now, this is, this is proof that you need to stay in the word. Because although David was called, he was anointed. 
He was appointed. He was accepted. But his eyes, his eyes got him in trouble. Now, if you, if you start reading, this is chapter 51. But if you start from verse 1, you, you, you'll find out that David had some sin that was happening. He had the goat. That's right. He he, he saw his woman named Bathsheba, Bathsheba taking a bath one night, one day, and she was on a rooftop. And he saw her. But long story short, he wanted her. He had his man go get her. Go get her. Bring her to me. Well, they had a baby together. Now, you know God didn't like that. And he had the husband. He had the woman's man, the husband, killed. That was adultery and murder. But God, but 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 David said, he said, Lord, I know I messed up. I messed up. He said, but whatever you do, don't take your spirit away from me. Now you got to realize he saw the, the scripture said he, the spirit left Saul and it came on David. Thank God back then that the, the, the spirit of the Lord wasn't indwelling. It, it, it didn't come inside of you, but it, it, it rested on you. And, and, and David knew that he was going to be humiliated if God left him. So you don't want to let God leave you. You don't want God to take his presence away from you because that's some serious stuff. So he said, Lord, created me a clean heart. You see, if you got a, a bad heart, you'll have a bad mind. That's what scripture says in, in, in Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's the heart that controls the, the head, the mind. So David, David knew what the problem was. He said, Lord, create, created me a, a clean I want a clean one and a right spirit. We, we knew, because I ain't right, God. I know I started off right, David said, but I, I ain't right with you. He said, I have sinned against you, Lord. Oh, God. So David knew. That man knew about asking for forgiveness. He knew it. He knew to go to God. He, he wasn't prideful. He, wasn't, he didn't have a big head and think, well, I don't need God now because I'm good. I got money. I got power. I got position. I got land. He said, no. I'm nothing before you, Lord. I need you. And the Bible said that God created in him a clean heart. You see, he that's what God looks for, humility. And there's some people that's going to hear this one day, this message, this teaching, and they're going to realize, wait a minute, you mean David had a heart after God and yet he did that? Who can understand the mind of God? If you want to know the mind of God, you got to get the heart. Find out what, what God's heart is. See, David knew, and God knew he was still human, but God knew he was going to get it straight. There's some people out here that once they get power, once they get position, once they get authority, they leave God behind. But God never accepted them. 
He really never appointed them. They were self-appointed. But when God, when God appoints you, when he anoints you, it's just a matter of time for you to be accepted by the right people. Some people ain't gonna never accept you. Some people find out what you did and they'll never accept you because they'll never think you changed. But God looks at the heart. Well, God, will, he will cleanse your heart. He will change you. He will raise you up before men. And you need to know that that's the kind of God we serve. Thank you, Lord, for looking past my faults and see my need. See, that's who God is looking for. He's looking for a person that's hearted that's after him. They're not looking for God for what he can do for them. They're looking for God for what they can do for him. How can I serve you, Lord? I want to be a man after God's own heart or a woman after God's own heart. Hallelujah. This is for somebody who don't think they need man's approval. All I need is God. That's not true. Here's the smartest man that ever lived, King Solomon, David's son, King David's son. He said, in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2, he said, let another man praise thee and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. What did he just say? He said, you need somebody to see the anointing on your life. You can't brag and say, well, what, you, what God did. No, let somebody else see because when somebody else see it, that's, that's, humility you don't need to say I'm humble anybody say they humble they're not humble that they want you to think they're humble that's called false humility going around bragging on yourself I'm I'm apostle this and I'm I'm prophet that and ain't never prophesied I'm apostle this and you ain't started now church you see that's called bragging but God say if you humble yourself under that mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. Oh, it's just a matter of time. All you got to do is have a heart toward God and he's going to raise you up right in front of your enemies and your family. He's going to raise you up in front of the very people that counted you out, thought you was dead, hoping you was dead, hoping you was finished, or still want you dead. But God said, if you humble yourself, do like I did. Being in the, I was, God, Jesus said, I was equal with God, but I still humbled myself, fashion myself, being obedient. The kingdom as God is raising up, not wimps. The kingdom of God, the people that God is putting in the kingdom and raising them up for the next generation, not wimps. There's people who, trust me, there's people who will see the, the, the title that God has called you to be and, and shake their head, laugh, say, how in the world you called them to do that? They don't, don't you know what they did? Yeah, God said, I, yeah, I know what they did. But I know what they would do for me. Thank you, Lord, for those 
that you made me proud of today, Lord. You raised them up right in front of my face and you raised them up in front of their families. And God, they're still hungry for you. They still want the more training and more work and, and more, more word, God, so they can get it right. So they won't be tossed and turned by every wind of doctrine, Lord. Believing this one said, that what that one said, but they know it for themselves. And they know the word. And the more they know about the word, the more they know about you. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. I don't know about y'all, but I feel the presence of God in my house. Ooh, anytime you get the, anytime you stick to the word, two things gonna happen. The first thing is time is gonna fly past because there's no time in God. Hallelujah. And you stick to the word, you can't go wrong. Hallelujah. Not my opinion, not my theory, not my commentary, but his word. So I pray that God has got you to know more about your Bible, about yourself. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. My encouragement is for you today is to get in a school that's teaching the word of God that will equip you. God may have already anointed you. He probably already appointed you, but you need to be accepted. Amen. Get what you need, because God is God is going to use you like never before. He showed it to me. People under the sound of my voice, watch what God does. Once you line up, Amen. Hallelujah, Father. We just so grateful. We thank you for being such a great God, for such a, for being such a mighty God, a faithful God, a God of mercy, a God of forgiveness. And so tonight, Lord, we just ask that every viewer, every person that's tuned in, every person that's listening, God, I pray that you will continue to sustain them and continue to build them, God. Let them continue to go through the process, Father, that they would reach the things that you have for them, Father. Mm. We thank you for the anointing, the awe that is upon this Bible study tonight, uh, yeah, Father. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Father, let them or rest upon us. Let it get us to our necks in you, oh God. Ooh. Strengthen us and build us and keep us, God. Let our minds, oh God, be in tune with the very things that you have for us, God. So we thank you thank for you, being Lord. a faithful God, Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahshua, El Deniah, our Lord and Master, our Savior, our Redeemer. We give you praise tonight. We, we are not out of God, but we're out of time. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for those that are listening. Thank you for those that are in this next move of God, Lord, that you're equipping them. And Lord, because you see their heart, Lord, now give them what they need for the next move. I thank you in advance. And my God, it dismisses from this place, but never from your presence. I thank you in advance for testimonies. In Jesus' holy name, amen.